Yeah, a Thanksgiving edition of Travis and Sleed. DeMarco is here, and he said he's not the better carver. You said you're you're carving reluctant. You don't like to do it. Oh, no, no, I, I, I won't. I refuse. Yeah, I can't do it. It's just too much pressure. Candied yams, yay or nay? Yay. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, yay. No. Travis, we're ruining no. this, man. We're, no. we're We were best friends today. <laughs> like at 830 I, in the morning, it, we were great. I, you know, I've, I've come to the conclusion. Yeah. I think there's a consistency thing going on with me. Like, it's, yeah. it, they're they're too mushy. Ah, they're, they're, okay. they're, there's nothing to chew. They're, they're just kind of, <laughs> they're just like eating baby food. You can gum it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't so hit me though. right. It's so good. Too sweet. Too I think, sweet. You wouldn't well, like hey. the, yellow sla- the yellow salad either. Oh. That also has a terrible consistency. Okay. I got to tell DeMarco about this. Go, go, yeah, I was just going to say, apparently part of Emily's family, <laughs> one of the traditions that they have is something called a jello salad. I need you to immediately remove the word salad from your mind. Okay, it has I think I know what you're talking about. Salad. Yeah. Emily, fill it in on Have the you had it? I think okay, I know what so, you're talking so, about. Go ahead. So essentially it's like jello, ice cream, um, and then some like fruit in it. So I'm like, well, my mom corrected me yesterday. It's not clementines, it's mandarin oranges. I'm okay. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but it's like, it's, it got some cherries in it and stuff too, but it's kind of, it's the consistency of a little bit like cottage cheese. Like it's that, that yeah. consistency in your mouth. And I, I am not a fan. I, my mom I know exactly what you're talking about. Deal. Yeah. I pass on that. <laughs> right. I do. Everybody it, passes yeah, on that. I do. And I do course. pass on it. Yeah. <laughs> we eat everything and we pass on that one that's how bad well it is. you i mean emily you just said it's got jello ice cream and it's the consistency yeah. of cottage cheese and has citrus in it wow. this is this is a bad sales job yep this is something and it's got the word salad i ain't trying to sell it. to anybody <laughs> yeah well, like, fair enough fair i enough. can tell like dishes mom dad uncle guest <laughs> right well there are there are some things right that you can just say yeah they are they're not quite yeah, yeah. yeah. There, that's there my brother's things. new girlfriend <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. It, it shows up with uh she's you trying know, the, the, the green beans or something like, which, which are fine but why why are they cooked kind of kind of like that right you know, wait need a little bean and she's to, staring at you <laughs> you need to lie to yourself right look right. those are beans that's fine yeah but they're they've got 86 pounds of butter on just them. relax and just make it you're fine <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to show out cannot yes. wait all right um so the the Lakers are in a really weird spot right now. They're, exactly. they're a quarter of the way through the season tonight. Tonight will be the 20th game. They play Indiana tonight on the road. Uh, 20, 20 games is a quarter of the NBA season, and they are under five hundred. They have not shown that they have trended in the right direction. That Every time let, – let's go back to the Pistons game, right? That They were getting – they were getting blown out by Detroit, too. They were on the verge of getting blown out by another bad team. LeBron catches Isaiah Stewart with that punch. And for whatever reason, it sparked the the, the Lakers are the ones that kind of said, okay, let's get going. And we heard Frank Vogel say it, right, that this could be the moment where things kind of change around for this team. Let me try that again. Taylor, is the board up here? Let me, let me play this sound here uh, from Frank Vogel. To me, it's one of those things that can change the momentum of your season, you know, to see guys rally around uh, a teammate that, that just got ejected like that, you know, in a, in a strange circumstance, played with incredible guts, started the fourth quarter down 15. You know, that's, a term, that's the determination that this, this team is going to need. Okay, great. You, you were down. You had a, a, a fight, sort of, and everybody got invested <laughs> and, and, and they came back and they won the game. Great. Yeah. Well, how did they respond? How did the spark? How did the the turn? They went out and fell behind ten to nothing, and then they went and fell behind by twenty five points in the in the second quarter to a mediocre Knicks team, and they lost the next wow. day, a couple of days later. So whatever spark that was there, it's gone. 
Like th- this, this is my concern. See, it, this is what I mean. When you start making statements as a coach, that's bad because mm. if it proves false, then you're setting yourself up. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have the pulse of your team. But I get where he's going. You watch hockey. Sure. Are you a hockey fan? I am. Go that's why they send the tough guys out. I mean, sometimes you have to enforce rules. Other times, it's to give your team a spark. Sure. So when you see your guys defending one of your guys, that's good. But you have to follow that up with wins right. and victory. Wins and and a change in the the vibe around the team. Yeah. Day one of this Laker team feels – let me not say day one. Game one of this Laker team feels exactly like game 19 last night. Right. Which is – Eh. deflating eh. yeah not, not even deflating like i don't know what this is and they're not good defensively they turn the ball over way too much they don't shoot particularly well the offense doesn't seem to have a flow they don't defend anybody fast forward 20 games same team that it's it's not that the lakers are the worst team in basketball and it's not going to work and this thing's a wrap it's not that it's it hasn't gotten better i'm not saying it has to be a, a finished product but you would assume that it would get a little bit better and the the narrative around this team went from super team to it's going to take some time to LeBron's out to LeBron's going to fix everything in 20 games. That's a lot of story changes in a pretty short period of time. You're down to Superman. Superman come save us. And he's been Superman more often than not, but he's going to need to be that guy at this age. Can he be in his 19th year? I mean, this isn't... I wouldn't put anything past him athletically. Yeah. He's from a different planet. I mean, he heals faster. I mean... The guy's played more basketball than most people have ever seen in their mm-hmm. life. So, yeah, I think if anybody can save this, it would be him. But still, this would be a tough ask. Well, if this were 2012, I think it's fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Le- LeBron is still the best player in the world by a mile. There's nothing you can't put past him. And I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying that there's nothing worse that you could ask than asking a guy in his 19th season who's already struggled with some little nagging injuries along the way this year to say, hey, listen, we need you to be lights out every night to carry this team. This is yeah. what Anthony Davis was supposed to be here for. I'm not sure if you're going to ask him to like to lead the team in scoring, but you're going to have to help us figure this out on the floor. You know what I mean? You're going to have to like figure out how we fit Westbrook into this because it's not really working the way we want it to work. So I, I wouldn't say LeBron has to come back and be like the 2012 version, but they need that experience, that knowledge on the floor, or at least that alpha male mentality that everything goes through me first. Do, do those team come to Jesus meetings work? Where, Sometimes. Where, where, where somebody will say, hey, listen, this is not why I'm here. I did not come to sign up for a team that's 500 and spinning their wheels and going nowhere. I don't know what about you guys, but I'm here to win a championship, and you either need to get on board or get that. Th- that whole mo- – do, does that work? Sometimes. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it turns out like Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That didn't work out That so didn't great. work out well. I mean, sometimes it does, but, I mean, there, there needs to be a one of those truth sessions. Everyone needs to say what they're feeling and get mm-hmm. it all out. And I think the guy that needs to speak the loudest is probably A.D., you know, tell what us how you say. You, well, tell us how you feel about this whole situation. Don't mince words. Don't try to be the nice guy. You know, have I LeBron say, nice "I got guy, your back." Though. That's the problem. I yeah. think he is a nice guy. Well, then you're going to have to turn nasty. You're yeah. going to have to be mean. You're going to have to be that guy. You're going to have to be something you're not. Um, I remember they used to say that about Eli Manning. He had the worst pregame speeches, and. At some point, you're going to have to make those speeches whether you want to or not if you're going to call yourself a team leader. So maybe it's time for Anthony Davis to be that guy. I, I was optimistic. I don't even want to say optimistic. I was convinced yeah. that when they made the deal for Anthony Davis, not only were they going to go win a championship with LeBron and AD because as far as dynamic duos go, you're not going to do much better than that, but 
they had set themselves up for a really interesting future because Anthony Davis as the best player on your team and LeBron James as a supporting player to him, hell yeah, let's go. Let's do that. And he has moments where it looks like that is an unbelievably good plan. But there's all those other moments where it's like, where'd he go tonight? Where'd he go tonight? Why, why did we have to go through another night where he comes out at the end of the day and says, I'll do better next time? And he almost always does. He right. does bounce back, but that that's not being a great player. That's being a good player, where I can come up to your level occasionally, but I'm not going to sit there. Great players, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Luka Don, those guys just sit at that spot, True. and they're good night after night. And once in a blue moon, they'll have a bad an off night, but it's not ping-ponging back and forth, and that's what he does. And so not only can't he step into that role right now, but I wonder if he can step into that role once LeBron, whether officially or unofficially, says, hey, listen, I can't carry this water every single night. Somebody else has to do it if he can. It's a glimpse into the future, definitely. But I thought the jury was still out when he left the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. The Pelicans, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Pelicans. New Orleans <laughs> they, Pelicans. They're the Pelicans, yes. They've it's, been the Hornets. They've been the Pelicans. They've been some other things. The Pelicans, the yeah. Yes. I mean, I thought the jury was out. He was a <laughs> tremendous player, but you didn't know how well he was going to play in the postseason. And you wondered about beyond said season with LeBron. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be a glimpse into the future without LeBron. Today's stat hero, hero of the day. How about this one? The Lakers having to mount huge comebacks. I mentioned this earlier. The Lakers have been behind by 25 or more points six times this season. They've played 19 games. Wow. And they've been behind by 25 or more six times. You know how many times they were behind by 25 or more last year? Whole season. Was it 70 games last year or 72? Yeah. I know it was shortened. How many? Six. Wow. So they they they've already done that, and I get it. It's Woody Hayes would take he would take the jersey off your back. You're no longer the Lakers. You can't call yourself Lakers anymore mm-hmm. if you're doing this. You're no longer a good team when you're doing this. No, that that's the thing. It, we're trying to find a reason why they're going to become a good team, and I'm watching this. There's just no parts There's of this so that talent. look good. There's so much talent. But though. Demarco, you know this as well yeah. as anybody. There's a difference between having a bunch of guys that are really good and having a good team. True. Right. That, that yeah. a, go, a good team, sometimes you got, what, the, the sum is much greater than the parts. That The Warriors, I think, are a perfect example of this. They have the, the MVP right now. If the, if the voting took place, Steph Curry probably wins it unanimously. Right. He's running away with it. They've got really good supporting players, guys like Poole. Uh, Draymond still brings a certain edge to the games that they do. But you look around the rest of it, it's it's guys that know what they're here to do. They're, they're supporting roles. They are not loaded up with Better Kevin teams. Durant. Yeah. And, and Clay is going to slide right back in there because he knows that system as well as anybody. Right. And it's a team. You look at Brooklyn. They're kind of all over the place right now. Well, Kyrie, well you're I, right. I, I understand that. But yeah. even when – and they didn't play t- a ton together last year. But just collecting – there's a reason all-star games look the way they do. You know, but see, I'm convinced at some point they'll find their spark – and if all these guys, AD, LeBron, Westbrook, if they decide to start playing together, mm-hmm. I mean, real team basketball and putting it all towards winning ego aside, come on, man. That's a pretty good roster. It's a good roster yeah. on a sheet of paper. It's a far different roster out on a court. Oh, it looks it's it's toilet paper right now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of Trav and Slee. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710 ESPN for a 100% deposit match. The Rams are on the road coming out of their bye. They're going to Lambeau Field, and it is a major fork in the road, DeMarco. We'll talk about it next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Travis Lee is brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. The Rams are on the road to Marco Green Bay. So just kind of give me your state of the team, because for me, I was, up until the 49er game, I was very bullish on this team. I thought, you know, Arizona beat them. Okay, well, you're not gonna, nobody's going to go 17-0. I get it. You're going to lose a game. Arizona's pretty good. Kyler Murray had a big day. No, not a big deal. You go out of that game, you win the next three games against, you know, subpar competition, but you look pretty good doing it. I was even willing to take the Tennessee game and say, bad night. Bad night. Matt Stafford threw a couple of really weird interceptions. That probably won't happen again. Then you got to Monday Night Football against the Niners, and they got pushed around. I mean, they, they were from the the jump of that game, they were not in it. They, there was never a moment against San Francisco for me where it felt like the Rams were going to win that game. It just yeah. it, it got away from them really fast. And now coming into Green Bay, lose that game, and it's like, what in the world is going on? That's three in a row. Win it, and it's almost kind of like the great palate cleanser, the eraser, like all that stuff. Doesn't matter. We just beat Green Bay in Lambeau Field. Everybody relax. I think you should stay there, and I'm with you. Uh, I think the last two weeks have been an eye-opening, an eye-opener for the Rams. I think you kind of got away from what you do best. Um, it, it's a we-not-me mentality. Remember that? Sean McVay and the we-not-me? Sure. Well, that kind of changed when you start bringing in people from the outside, especially midseason. So uh, I think this team had a lot to process the last two weeks, and your last two opponents had nothing to do but focus on beating you. And there's always something else I have to point out. When I see other coaching staffs, especially on the defensive side, it seems awfully personal when they're playing against Sean McVay because of how he beats you. And what he does to your defense. He's making your rules work against you. And it's really embarrassing for a defensive coordinator. So they get a lot of help from other coaches when they play the Rams. You know what I mean? No. They get what stuff do you mean from, by that? They get stuff from other people like, hey, look, when they do this, watch for that. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Now they'll let it slip. They don't mean to tell you, but they will. So it, it gets awfully personal. But I will say this the last two weeks, I think the Rams were far more, far and away the more distracted team of the two. Okay. Tennessee and the 49ers. And the 49ers have – it's something different with that coach, that team, that group. They they don't it, really respect the Rams. No. And that's how they play. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's very physical. So how many times can you see Toss Crack before you try and stop it? Right. Or you can't stop it, one or the other. So San Francisco kind of let that go. That's a rivalry. That's a different game. But Tennessee, you got run over. Uh, San Francisco, you lost again the same way you lost up there last year. Mm-hmm. So right now against Green Bay – You've had a week off. You've had a chance to catch your breath and get your legs back. Remember, this is a long season, so this starts the second half. Now you should be able to play your best game, regardless of Robert Woods not being here or not. You should be able to regroup, play your best game, and be as explosive and unpredictable as you were on offense before the last two weeks, if that makes any sense. The Robert Woods loss is huge. When when I read that and, and saw that, it wasn't just, oh, that's too bad. They lost a guy that can score some touchdowns. He lost a guy that catches a lot of passes. He it, It's hard for me to even articulate 
what he means to that team. But having watched the Rams since they've come back here and watched how he plays, the tough catches he makes, his willingness to take a hit, to give a hit. I mean, it just there, there's something about what he does to that team that felt very gluey, for lack of a better word. He was yeah. really important to everything that they were doing. And he was missed against the 49ers. You could tell his absence was pretty glaring. Can can OBJ, I don't want to say play like Robert Woods because they're different players, but can you find that gluey stuff somewhere else? Well, the guy I think it falls to is actually Cooper Cup because if you're going to ask somebody to be like Robert Woods, well, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are kind of interchangeable. A guy that's unselfish, that will run clear out routes as hard as he run routes that are planned for him. So. Mm-hmm. It makes it tough on a defense. Plus, he was also a factor in the run game, not yeah. just a, a receiver going out blocking a corner. I mean, a guy that you could lead up to the B gap on a safety that's coming downhill and expect him to make that block. So, Cooper Cup would be more of that guy that steps into that utility role. You're just going to have to do it more than than often than not. And but then yeah, Jefferson and, and, and OBJ fill the other they two. They are receivers to me. Yeah. They are absolute receivers outside the numbers, guys. You're paid to catch the ball, period. Woods Cup. You can do a lot of things. I, I'd expect more out of them. But Robert Woods, think about this. If you had a safety that was an absolute assassin, a big hit machine, I think that guy knocking somebody out doesn't do half as much as when Robert Woods takes one, mm-hmm. a big shot, Pops and gets up. up. Yeah, Really. I mean, that's the heart and soul of this football team. I know I'm about to get hit. I don't care. I catch it, and I still get up. So that will be a tough thing to replace if you can replace. But his production to the offense – you can replicate it with different guys, but it won't be just one guy that does it all. Then, of course, we've got the idea that – and take me through this. The last couple of games, they've fallen behind quickly by a couple of touchdowns. You know, 14 nothing. you turn around, whether they're just bad throws from Matthew Stafford, a, a misplayed throw by Tyler Higby that turns into a pick six, but mm-hmm. you're behind. You're chasing two touchdowns at some point. Can you still run the ball? Because I, I want I think they ran it nine times against the Niners. Yeah. Nine times in a four quarter. It just seems crazy, especially when you have Daryl Henderson, who is averaging five yards a touch. And and I get it. You're chasing points and you're trying to do things really quickly to to, to close that gap. But it seems like we, we talk about this a lot where Sean McVeigh will do his postgame presser and it's, you know, I need to do a better job of putting us in positions here or there. And yet it's still the same thing the following week where it's a ton of pass, ton of pass, ton of pass, not a lot of run. Well, I mean, when you're behind two scores, you got to catch up quick. So you can't be driving the ball six minutes when you only got 14 to play. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but this was even in the first half. This it, wasn't late in the fourth quarter. This was midway through the first quarter. Well, that's that's what this goes to my next point. I think what the Rams need to get back to doing, or what they were doing early out of the gate, was scoring first drive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you put the pressure on the other team. Think about what happened versus Arizona. That turned into a laugher, right? But the Rams drive the football deep. They petered out, and then they kicked the field goal. So you're up 3 nothing. So Arizona's first score automatically puts you behind. Yep. You know what I mean? So sure. if it's 7 nothing, it's different than 3 nothing. Detroit the same way. Uh, you drove it deep after Detroit did what they had to do, built that lead, 10-point lead. You drive the ball down, and you peter out, and you kick field goal. Now it's 10-3 instead of 10-7. If it's 10-3 or 10-7, maybe Dan Campbell on the other side changes the way he thinks about this football game and – It doesn't get so wild. So the Rams, I think, if they just keep doing what they're doing, driving the football, being very meticulous with it, and balanced on offense, run, pass, run, pass, play, action, throw the ball, and then score those first-drive touchdowns, you'll see more of the run game off of that. 
But when you're behind two scores, forget the run game. You don't have time. Yeah, it, it, it that makes sense. I just I would like to see them try to establish that a little bit more because it works. It's not like I mean there, there are plays. Don't that turn don't it work. over. I think you'll see it. If you don't turn the ball over, you'll see more rush attempts. So we're gonna get to see Green Bay on on Sunday. Don't forget pregame show eleven thirty. Myself and Kirk Morrison. Um, but if they win, I think they're right back at the top of the conversation for best team in the NFC. If they don't, who is it? Does anybody? I know Arizona's really good. They're nine and two. They've won without Kyler Murray. Colt McCoy's done a really good job. Green Bay's right there. Dallas has had their moment. Tampa, you know, it's still Tom Brady running that team. So you you have to think that they're in the mix for sure. But is there a best team in the NFC right now? It doesn't no. feel like it to me. Yet to be determined. Um, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady is always in the mix. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay always in the mix. The Rams too. But I would say this: if they lose, are they still in the mix? Who? The Rams. If the Rams lose to Green Bay, are they still on that level with those other four? You still have a shot. I mean, think about what's coming. you got Arizona still, but you still have a chance to pick up a few wins, mm -hmm. and you'll be a playoff team. You get into to the playoffs, anything can happen. But I'd say this. Out of those teams we just mentioned, a healthy Kyler Murray changes everything mm -hmm. against anybody because that's the one guy you can't defend. If, if you don't rush, he stands in the pocket and picks you apart. If you do rush, that guy can pull it down and run for miles. So that's a problem. How do you play against a guy like that? <laughs> take your left hand, grab yeah. your left pocket. <laughs> take your right hand, grab your right pocket, and just hang on. Yeah. Absolutely. Call what you call and hope you make a play. There, I mean, I wonder about him, too, because last year they were really good until he got banged up, and then they just kind of – stagnated they weren't there this year they're still winning some games but it, it's just night and day when he's not there he's not a big man he, yeah. he is he's a small is this just his lot he's in life a little in the dude NFL. yeah he's yeah. a small guy that this is going to be how he plays the nfl that when he's right good luck but he's not going to be right nearly enough off often enough do you, do you remember that movie happy gilmore sure when he said somebody learned how to putt <laughs> same thing with with kyler murray i mean he learned to pace himself in this game you don't have to run every single snap and you don't have to be a wild man if you have time to throw stand in the pocket if it breaks down then take off once he learned how to do that you go from tough to defend to impossible to defend yeah yeah well there's that soft spot in the middle right where russell wilson could run he, he wasn't kyler murray he's he can scramble he, yeah there there's the difference he can yeah. scramble he's not lamar jackson who's gonna look at the end of the night where he had 140 yards on the ground it's right not, it's not gonna be that but he also had that ability to okay i i just i'm gonna get down right now you don't get to hit me right i'm gonna get on the ground right now and instead of getting 15 yards i'm getting 12 i already got the first down feet you first. don't get to hit me feet yeah. first we keep it moving right uh, murray i think needs a little bit of that that i you know what 12 is fine i don't have to get 15 i'm getting down on the ground i saw it versus the rams and this is when i told the guys upstairs he's really learning how to play this game at this level uh, they were down close to the goal line, and they ran the read option, right? And the Rams played it correctly. He pulled the ball out, and if he would have taken a step, he would have gotten mashed by the outside linebacker. Mm -hmm. Within two seconds, he was on the ground. Plays dead, and you can't hit me. That's a guy that's learning. It's it's all about me not taking hits as well as me moving the football. All right, so speaking of quarterbacks that learn, does Matt Stafford learn from the last couple of weeks? What changed for him, DeMarco? We'll get into that next.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, Aaron Rodgers was doing a uh, press conference earlier today and put his foot near the camera and said he has a <laughs> fractured toe. So uh, that's interesting. I, we've heard of COVID toe. I guess uh, we were talking with Rob Domovsky earlier yeah. this morning, and he said that that's something that he's dealing with. But look, if, if Aaron Rodgers has his right arm and his brain, he's a pretty scary dude. He's dangerous. I think I said this when we were talking about it. He's dangerous when the uniforms are clean and mm-hmm. when he's twice as dangerous when they're dirty. So as, as when he gathers all the information he needs from your defense – the guy's tough to stop in the fourth quarter. No matter if he has a lead or coming from behind, he's that good. But, yeah, he's special. And I don't care about a toe. The guy can peg leg run you to death. He yeah. just knows when to scramble. You know right. what I mean? The only thing that's different about him now is maybe in the pocket when it's all collapsing, he he may just give it up and tuck and take the sack. No, that he's one of those guys. I don't care what ailments he's dealing with. He's still incredibly scary. I guess the flip side of that is Matthew Stafford. And, and – some something's going on because he looked I don't want to say looked he was the leading MVP candidate until that Tennessee game he, he looked like a guy that was just throwing dimes all over the place the Rams were high flying scoring a lot of points his the, the statistics were there the yards were there the touchdowns were there the QBR he wasn't throwing a bunch of picks right and then just boom four in two games and two of them were you know the one the first one to Tennessee the second one the pick six up the up the side there the one in the the, the two in San Francisco one looked like Either he read OBJ wrong or OBJ broke a route off. There was something going on. And then the other one, Higby, just dropped into the arms of uh, Jimmy Ward. But he has not looked like he looked through the first eight games in the last two games. I I would say that's on the the guys up front, the offensive line. Tennessee absolutely just, you know, just kicked a hole in your door and allowed the rest of the army to run through. San Francisco the same way. So the thing that I start to look for is when I start to see false starts out of your offensive line, especially out of your center. Yeah. That's an issue. That's a communication issue. That's I'm I'm unsure of what we're looking at and what we're going to do. You know what I mean? And when you couple that with a lot of delay penalties, that's also an issue. How do you so, fix it? Well, that's up front. I mean, yeah. this is what the bye week is for. Let's just get back to basics. Let's forget all the stuff that we knew. We're, we're, we're trying to process way too much information. Let's bring it all back down. We'll pare it down, and we'll go man on man. We won't slide. We won't change protection. If we if we let a guy through, good. We'll let Matt Stafford protect himself. He can scramble or move or get the ball out. But what we're not going to do is stand here trying to figure out what to do and then have a false start and mess up. What are we going to get from Odell Beckham? Because that 
the, the, the Monday night game was – there were no expectations. 14 he, plays, he, He'd yeah. been there for five seconds. So to teach him any sort of offense that they're going to run other than really basic stuff – whatever I, I, I didn't have any expectations and there was nothing there he caught the one pass fine whatever is he going to be obj oh, yeah. against the packers he's going to be fully ready to go fully integrated into what the guy going I would, on i would answer this way if you put him into a training camp situation where he had to compete for a job this is it's wide open with cooper cup robert woods van jefferson and odell beckham jr he's going to be one of your starters mm-hmm. definitely he's a tremendous receiver he's great he understands the technical side of it and he can catch just about anything so you're going to see OBJ be OBJ in this offense. Now, pick your poison on defense. When the Rams break the huddle and that little guy goes outside the numbers, that safety to that side has to be on alert mm-hmm. because that guy can run by it. So if they sleep and say, hey, we'll just forget about him, then he's off on a nine route and away you go. Think Brandon Cooks. Yeah. So either he's running safeties off or you're throwing it to him. So he will be that deep threat for the football team outside of the numbers. I wonder if Cooper Cup continues to be the player that he's been through the first 10 weeks. Because, I mean, he's you look at yardage, number one. Touchdowns, number one. Receptions, number one. He's just been fantastic. But now that Woods isn't there, can you pay more attention to him? Or does OBJ suck up that attention that you're talking about where I cannot worry about Cooper Cup exclusively because of OBJ? That's the way I see it. I mean, I think that's the way they'll probably go. Whatever targets Robert Woods would have received, I think – the lion's share will go out to OBJ. Now, there's going to be a mix of other guys, and you're still running routes to free other people, but Cooper Cup will always be Cooper Cup because that's who Matthew Stafford is looking for, number one. That's primary. And that's your best route to the end zone, if you ask me. But when you're splitting up those other routes, Robert Woods, other targets, and other touches, I think OBJ gets those in the passing game, and then everyone else will start to – you know, figure out how to how to eat the other without guy, Robert Woods. Yeah, the, the, the tier is Von Miller, and I I want to be sitting on my couch or at SoFi Stadium watching these games and be like, "There's nothing you can do here. There's there's nothing you can do here." When Aaron Donald and Von Miller, and by the way, Leonard Floyd's having a really good season too. Right, that these three guys are getting ready. I got two on one side. I got another on another side. How in the world do you block this up? Because yeah, there there I just. It, you can't block Aaron Donald. Even if he's the only guy on the field, you're still going to – he's still going to make tossing his plays. Two, he beats two guys faster than most people beat one. It, it, and, okay, yeah. so that plus Vaughn Miller plus Leonard Floyd, when do we get to see all of that all together at the same time where the quarterback's like, I got about a half a second to get out of this thing or else I'm going to get my head torn Hopefully off. this weekend when you stop A.J. Dillon, when you stop the running game and you don't turn the ball over on the other side mm. and you force the other quarterback to have to beat you. And I, I'll say this with all confidence. When you do get Vaughn Miller – Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd in an obvious passing situation for, let's say, 50% of the game, you can't stop them from getting there. They're all great. Von Miller beats one-on-ones out of getting out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. So does AD. He doesn't get one-on-ones. But when you do get them in obvious passing situations, they will get to your quarterback. The problem is everyone knows they're coming. They're going to run the football on you. They're yeah. going to try to keep you out of those situations you, where you're good at. You said it earlier this morning. You got to earn the right to rush the quarterback. No doubt, right? You got to stop that run. So, okay, well, this isn't working. We got to try to put the ball in the air, and then you yeah. can go to work. And here's something funny. Uh, you look at the numbers. I know it's Miles Garrett is is just killing it right now. I think he's got 12 and a half sacks. He's leading the league and 20 some odd quarterback hits or whatever. And Aaron's numbers are down. But I think this might be his best season, really, because he is doing the dirty work. He is doing the nasty – this is the stuff you ask undrafted rookie free agents to do. Get in there and stop the run. I mean, stick your nose in there. You're not going to make a play, but I need you to take two on the run so our linebackers can make plays. He mm-hmm. is playing great defensive line 
football out of that spot. And when it becomes a passing situation, he becomes dynamic. This, to me, has been an outstanding year out of out of Aaron Donald. The most outstanding thing I've seen from Miles Garrett is his Halloween costume where he put the tombstones of all the quarterbacks that he sacked in his front yard. Yeah, did you see Bruce Smith? <laughs> no. Bruce Smith has even more. Oh, really? Bruce Smith came out with a video and said, "Let me show you mine." <laughs> and it went all the way around the house. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's got a cemetery. Yeah, 200. Got... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Civil War battlefield. Yes. yes. Oh, that's nice. Look at mine. Now this is what I got here. Yeah. I, I did like uh Garrett's uh Jack where he yeah. had their names all yeah. written on the back. You got to get. You should tell AD to do something like that. He's beyond that. But I, I would say this. You know, look, um, this could be Garrett's year because it's always been this competition: who's the best player, defensive player, AD or Miles Garrett? I think this year, okay, because of the numbers, so be it. But when you watch it, watching it on film, watching what AD's doing in between the tackles, doing the nasty, dirty stuff. Oh my God, he's been great. Hall of Famer for yep. sure. All right. The Dump is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. You come into the uh, Mandy Awards in February? Yeah, I have no choice. I got the email that said, save the date. You're in. Yeah, that's no invite. That's a demand. <laughs> that's not a request. <laughs> yes. That is a notification. Absolutely, That's yes. good. It's good. Well, this is be good. We can have a few cocktails. We can interact with the folks and uh, see who wins some of these awards. It's going to be good. I didn't hear anything after cocktails. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> you didn't need to hear anything after. So here, here it is. All right. Our, it's our, our last segment here before we hand it off to Mason and Ireland. Um it's game time at the Far Household. You're going to your brother's house. Yes. You walk through the door. Yes. You give him a hug. Yes. You say, hey, how you doing? It's been a long time. Good to see you. you. You catch up with everybody, hugs, kisses to all the family members. Right. First thing is? Sit down. Okay. Find a spot on the couch. <laughs> You have you have to go out and like stake your claim, right? Because this is you're where you're homesteading. Gonna sleep. Absolutely, this is where you're going to sleep. Yes. So well, you, you said that you got a big family, so you're going to need some room. Stake your claim. <laughs> you do because nobody's moving, and we will protect seats for everyone. Shoulder else. to shoulder, you guys wedged in there. We try to get some room in there. We, okay. we, we try to spread it out a little bit. Depends on who you are. And how gassy. How, <laughs> how long before coming through the front door before that first cocktail is in? Or the, you said no beer on Thanksgiving, doing a little wine. Okay, are we my gonna, brother are is we gonna funny. ease in? My or? brother is funny. Like he won't say hello to you. He won't call you by your name okay. unless you have a scotch. <laughs> then he goes, Oh, DeMarco. <laughs> I don't recognize you without a drink in your hand. So you've told a lot of stories about your brother. Is this all the same brother? Oh, two brothers. Okay. I got the middle brother okay. and the oldest brother. Are you the, the baby brother? I am the baby. And I turn right into the baby brother when it comes time <laughs> to carve that turkey. I do. I mean, I, I'm dad at home. Yeah. I'm the guy at home. When I get there and it's time to carve the turkey, I am little, no, I'm, you, I'm little you, DeMarco again. You do it. Absolutely. I like that you don't get called by your name until you get your scotch in your Dang hand. right. I yep. like that a lot. He doesn't know me. What type of scotch are we pouring? Uh, he's, you know, he likes the Johnny Walker black. Sure. He, yeah. I, I keep trying to bring him like other stuff and yeah. he, no, he, nah. he likes that. That's you know, it. I deeply respect that. Yeah. I, I like a guy that knows this is what I like that might, you may, that may by, by definition be a little better. 
I like this. Yeah. I'm doing this. And he calls it, he says, he black label. Johnny Black. That's what he calls there it. There you go. Yes, sir. We throw a little blue in there just to see. If I he's... tried. Oh, okay. He, black label. That's it. Pretty smooth. He's he stuck on I know. I, I had one of my greatest party fouls ever with Johnny Rocker Blue. You're gonna, What'd you do? You, okay. So we were doing, we used to do, when I worked for Jim Rome, yeah. we would go to various cities and have what were called tour stops. And we were in Kansas City, and we were doing a tour stop. And Bill Maz, former NFL player, yeah. was hosting us. He had a big party. It was a night, there was a fight. It was Mike Tyson against Lennox Lewis. Oh, boy. So he set up a big screen in the backyard and everybody's having a, a party and he has this um basement but it was it wasn't a basement that doesn't do it justice it was this really cool room it yeah had pool tables and a poker table and all these things so a we're cave. sitting around a yeah. cave yeah. A, a really really yeah, yeah. nice one <laughs> and there was a bottle of johnny walker blue and and i said hey bill do you, do you mind if i have he goes yeah sure help yourself he's couldn't have been more of a gracious host and so I, I'm sitting at one of the poker tables and I'm chatting with the guy. And so I pour myself a drink and I leave the bottle, you know, off to my right. And I'm talking. You, you sit here with me. I talk with my hands a lot. I'm waving my arms around. Oh, no. Bang. Oh, no. <laughs> I knocked the bottle over and I had not put the cap back on yeah. correctly. Oh, boy. So the puddle of Johnny Walker Blue is on this poker and the 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 liquor's flowing it's racing out and it i spilled so much of it that the poker chips in the little tray were almost floating oh. that's how much johnny walker blues oh, in man. it i've not been so nervous in my life i said uh bill there's <laughs> there's been an accident um i just spilled your 600 dollars bottle of scotch all over your very nice yeah. poker table uh Sorry, and he, he was great. He he, he, was? he did not break my neck. He okay. kept it moving. Good man. It was good. See, but, just uh, throw yeah. yourself out the window. It, it was yeah. one of those deals. Let's go <laughs> to the dump. All right, here we go. So you know the turducken, right? Yeah. That is the turkey that's stuffed with it. a duck and yeah. a chicken. I've seen it. I was in New Orleans. I saw it made. Yeah, they they open yeah. it up and sew it back together. It's I so, thought it was like the grossest thing ever until I tried it. It was good. Was it pretty good? Oh my God, it was so good. They got three different types of bird. Yeah, it's so good. Now there is a pie cakin, okay? Pie cakin. A pie cakin, which is a six pound cake stuffed with three pies. Yes. Apparently it is a $99 item. Are you interested in the pie cakin? That's a deal. Absolutely. <laughs> well, see, okay, this is what I don't get. 99 bucks. Why do we have to do stunt foods? I don't, I don't understand. Like, I, I'm here for pie. I'm here for cake. I'm here for turkey. I'm yeah. here for duck. I'm here for chicken. Why do we have to mash them all together? Let me turn thing? in the Bluto from Animal House. Why not? <laughs> it just it just seems like it's a, a, a little aggressive along the way. Uh, a Raider fan flipped a coin before the season to determine whether or not the Raiders would win a game. And so far, he has been right every single time. So, wow. Yeah, you a superstitious guy at all? Yes. Yeah. Big time. What are some of your superstitions? When I was a player, put the yeah. socks on the same way left right put okay. the uniform on the same way and i had to be in the mirror when i put on the eye black oh yeah absolutely so, and then wait this is the good one i had to have kevin carter my best friend sure throw water on my face after i put the eye black on i couldn't do it myself he had to do it why because i got two sacks in a game where he did it before <laughs> so, <laughs> so from but now on the spell broken like if you go the next time you get zero i was sacks. close i was close <laughs> It worked. Whatever it was, it Maybe was working. Maybe you put the socks on in the wrong order that day. Maybe that was the uh, the hangout. Don't mess. Don't mess with the 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 superstition. Are no you doubt. a sock sock shoe shoe guy or a sock shoe sock shoe guy? That's funny. Sock sock shoe shoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that order. Absolutely. There you go. So all right, one yes. more here. Uh, 
UCLA got thrashed last night by Gonzaga, 81 to 61. And I tried to watch it. Greg, I know that you mentioned that uh, you were going to set your, your night around it. Gonzaga was a lot better than UCLA last night. But the thing is, unlike college football, there were no stakes. UCLA is going to go to the tournament. UCLA might win the Pac-12. UCLA might go back to the Final Four. There's no stakes involved. Like UCLA doesn't go racing down the poles or anything like that. It's just very hard to get invested in that. Uh, why would you set your watch or clock to that well, Greg's game? A, Greg's a Bruin. Oh, he's a Bruin. That's yeah. why. Okay. I mean, there's so much season left. Well, yeah. And in a month, we're not going to care. Will matter. All okay, right. Yeah. DeMarco, thank you very much you for, uh, for filling in. Slee is back on Monday. We got you covered on all things Thanksgiving. We got a bunch of Laker games. We'll have had the Rams and the Packers take place. Don't forget the Rams pregame show starts at 1130 on Sunday afternoon. We got you covered on all that. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.